Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Hello again, mountain bikers, and welcome and thanks for being here. This is episode number 24 of the MTB Tribe podcast, and I am here basically to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So if you're a beginner just getting into mountain biking or a seasoned pro, this show is for you. We won't bombard you with technical jargon, just straightforward conversations and information, so I hope you enjoy. And if this is your first time listening to the show, thank you so much for being here, I really appreciate it. And if you're a returning guest, you guys are awesome, I love you so much, thank you so much for being here, I really appreciate it. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to give a shout out to Phil, who left an awesome review on iTunes. Phil said, love mountain biking, love this info, five stars. Thank you so much for sharing, you rock. So thank you, Phil, for sharing that. I appreciate it. And um, guys, if you are on iTunes and listening to the show via iTunes, please leave a review. And obviously, five stars always works the best, you know? It's just the way it has to be. So uh, that's awesome. That gets us showing on iTunes, gets people finding the show more often, and just helps me be on here, and it gives me the motivation to be on here and bring this show to you. So thank you so much. So on to today's show. In our third instalment of the African series and episode number 24, we will be chatting to Adam Davis about how a California kid ended up living in East Africa, what his local Kanjabi trails are like, why he wanted to start an enduro race, what it was like guiding Brian Kennedy from his YouTube channel BKXC. And if you know if you know that channel, you know that Brian has over 100,000 uh, followers. It's a big deal in the mountain biking game and he went out and visited Adam in Kanjabi, East Africa, Kenya and let uh, Adam guide him around these trails, which Adam has now turned into an enduro. So we'll be chatting all about that. And um, Adam's only 16 years old, but he rips, he shreds. There's loads of footage on uh, YouTube that he uh, puts up there of him him riding and stuff. And it's quite amazing because there's no coaches out there. There's nobody. Adam's probably one of the best riders out there. We will also be chatting about the Kanjabi enduro and giving out details on that and how you can get involved or how you can find out more about that it actually happens this weekend so um it's uh it's all going ahead and adam's got good sign ups there already i think he's got over 20 people signed up at this minute in time so that's awesome and um i know the young fella's stoked and he's such a nice guy such a nice kid uh really good to listen to and he's got a really really uh, fascinating story there We chat a wee bit more about the trails, just the general trails uh, around his area in East Africa and how there's crazy elevation and a lot of it's quite technical. You would be pretty surprised um, the the quality of these trails. So please go onto YouTube and check it out. It's, it's, It's quite amazing what these guys are doing out there at the minute. So put up your feet, folks. Let Adam do the talking and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi Adam, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. It's awesome to have you on the show all the way from East Africa. How's things with you there today? Oh, we're we're great. I've had a had a pretty good morning, had a good ride. Sadly, um my friend Simon, who you've talked to before, he just had a crash and broke his collarbone. Oh, you're joking you, me. No, I'm not joking at all. We were we were two minutes from home and he crashed. He was landing and his front tire blew out and he broke his collarbone. Oh no, because yeah, I seen a post he put up on um, Instagram. I think it oh, must yeah? have been from this morning, chatting about uh-huh. chatting about riding and stuff. And uh, yeah, he had a nice ride this morning, so it went all oh, badly yeah, we, wrong. Oh no, we went we went out for a great ride. We we were showing him just a new trail that my dad found just a few days ago. I hadn't even been on it, and just just on the home stretch, I was just showing him a little local line, I guess you could say, and he just went right over the bars. Sadly, oh man. But, they're, I think they're up at the hospital getting it taken care of. So, right. Wow. I'll send them. A, I'll send them a direct message on Instagram. Uh huh. We're done. Oh man, that's 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 sad. But wow. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's crazy. So, listen. Tell us a wee bit about yourself. Now you're in Kajabi. Is that right? Is that how it's yeah. pronounced? Proper. Okay. Yeah. So this is. It's. I'm in Kajabi, Kenya. It's uh about 50 miles from Nairobi, which is the capital. Mm-hmm. And so we're just. We're out here in East Africa, and I'm just, I'm just growing up here. I'm 16 years old. I'm going to school at Rafali Academy, mm-hmm. and 
I'm just spending as much time on my bike and out in nature adventuring as I can. Yeah, you, you certainly seem to be getting out in the bike quite a lot and stuff, and that's cool. But yeah. where are you originally from then? So I was I was born in Nebraska. My my dad was doing his uh, surgery residency there, but um, they're both from California. So I'd I'd say if I had to say somewhere that I'm from other than Kajabi, probably California. Mm-hmm. Although I haven't spent much time there, I've spent a lot of time here. We're just yeah. finishing our eleventh year. Wow, so you were, what, about five when you moved out there? Yep, just about. Right, okay. And how often would you go back to California then? Uh, Just every two years, sort of like before I joined high school, when I was just in the elementary school, we'd go back every two years for a five-month trip. This time we're going to have to go back for a shorter time so I don't miss any school. Right, okay. And and your dad went out to East Africa um for work or how did that all kind of come about come about so so um we're missionaries so his mm-hmm. his calling is is from god and um he was given his education actually by his grandfather he paid for it all and so he basically said to god you've given me this great gift so how can i give it back to you and god sent him to kajabi east africa straight out of his training wow and it's worked out anyway because you're still there huh yeah yeah it's it's going well happy days and uh so you're only 16 um Mm -hmm. and i've seen videos now brian kennedy from bkxc was out with you there quite recently um and i've been watching them videos and um i'll put show link i'll put links and all in the show notes for that you know so people can check that out but -hmm. you're a very very good writer so you're only 16. I, I'm sure there's not any coaches out in Kajabi. So how did uh-uh. you how did you get so good? Well, um, I really I really love watching videos on YouTube. You know, I see Rat Boy and all those cool guys. I see them just playing around, jibbing around on their bike, and I feel like not a single second that you spend on the bike is a second wasted if you're mm-hmm. investing your time if you're riding correctly. So I'm always trying different stuff. You know, how far can I jump without getting hurt? How, like, can I twist my bars a little bit, practicing manualing? I learned how to wheelie from the 30-day wheelie challenge by Ryan Leach. Right. And that was that was really helpful. So if you're on the fence about using that, I would say go for it. It's not expensive. It took, it took some time, but I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I think I have a lot of fun just mm-hmm. practicing new stuff. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's great to see because... Um, you know, you, you obviously know the trails out there, and and some of the trails from the videos you done with Brian look look brutal. Like they do look very, yeah, very technical. They're pretty insane. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. So the thing about Kajabi trails is that these aren't mountain bike purpose made trails. <clears throat> these trails are made by the locals for the locals to get to from point A to point B as fast as possible. So there's no, we don't have like the big switchbacks and everything. That's why a lot of the trails are so insane. They're, they're very steep. They're fine for walking, but they're very steep because it's just how fast can I get from here to here so that I can continue my work. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're not looking at them or walking them in a certain, you know, thinking mountain biking, obviously. <laughs> no, not at yeah. all. Yeah. So you just have to convert that. And But yeah, yeah. There's, there's some steep bits. I know Brian in, in the last video I watched there, he had a, he had a couple of which looked pretty bad offs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those were those were pretty big. But, <laughs> you know, it was, I was glad that he was pretty gracious with me. But, you know, one thing I say about Kajabi, it's sort of a phrase I've coined, I guess, is you know it's really steep when there's switchbacks. Right, yeah, okay. Because a switchback is just adding distance for walking. Mm-hmm. So when there, when you see switchbacks on the video, then you can know it's really, really steep, even though, you know, everyone talks about the GoPro effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so for walking, it doesn't make any sense to have a switchback, uh-huh. basically. It's just exactly. putting your distance further. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's done... Because it's too steep to walk as well, more or less. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty it's insane, crazy. man. That's pretty insane. Yeah. So, how often do you go out in the bike then, Adam? Um, I try to ride. You know, I I wouldn't say I try to ride every day. I probably ride if you look at my Strava four four days, four to five days a week during mm-hmm. during school. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. But yeah. I don't 
I try not to force myself to do much. If I don't feel like riding, I don't ride, but I really have a great time out there. So I just usually get out almost every day, even if it's for a short time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brilliant. And um, I know when people think of Africa, they straight away think of wildlife. Yeah. Is there any dangers out there as far as wildlife goes? Uh, as far as wildlife, um, more of, not really, more of the domestic animals, like the cows and donkeys especially. Mm-hmm. Like today we were riding and we rode down and a donkey just jumped out right on the side of the trail and gave us a big scare because those are dangerous from the front with they can bite you and from the back with their big legs. So mm-hmm. we're fe- we're fearing the donkeys and the cows getting in the way, but we're not fearing any wild animals usually. <laughs> tigers, and well, not tigers, but lions. <laughs> you get no, tigers, but lions you don't yeah. fear. Huh? The wild, the wildlife is really protected, so we have a. It's all in conservancies and stuff, which we're not allowed to go into. Right. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. And that, that's the other thing about the trails there. They're open. They're obviously used for public access, so you can use them on the yeah. bike, no problem. You have no issues with that. You know, um, a lot of. I don't think we've ever been told like we can't ride down on this on a certain trail for the reason of you're you're not welcome here. It's private property. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people tell us we can't ride down these trails because they're too steep. So they say you can't go there because it's too dangerous or something. Usually when they say that we're like, okay, good, we'll give it a go. But a lot of I think a lot of people are happy to see us riding by and we don't get chased away much. Yeah. Yeah. And Talk to me a wee bit about bikes and equipment out there, because when I was chatting to Simon about it, he was saying that was a real issue um, mm-hmm. for bikes and spare parts and everything. And, and the bikes that Simon was trying to source, um, uh-huh. train people on, etc., were you know hard tails and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So what's that? What's that like out there for you? Is it difficult to get parts? Is it difficult to get bikes? Because I noticed you were on a Santa Cruz bike. Uh huh. So actually, let me talk about that. I've sort of, I've sort of been making my, uh, if you could say, imprint on the internet this past probably three weeks or so with mm-hmm. Brian talking yeah. and all these people sharing my pictures. And so that's not my bike. That's right. a bike I borrowed from my friend. He's Brian Hagler. So thanks, Brian. But I actually have a specialized enduro, and I blew the shock out on it just over a month ago. Mm-hmm. So I tried to get, we tried to get a rebuild kit and we were not able to rebuild it. So we're going to have to send it back and get it rebuilt. So I might be off my bike for another month. Right. So it's just not as easy as going to a store and getting a new part. There's none of that really happens. It's, it's a big, it's a big pain. We do all of our bike work ourselves. We're going to have to, it's like, it's a big deal for us to send this shock back. Yeah. Because we haven't. Like, we've never done it before. I got my fork warrantied when it blew out when I was in California. And I got a new axle when I broke that that they sent me. But other than that, we do all of our work mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. And as far as that kind of bike goes, full suspension and stuff, do you see many of them about... Do the, do the locals kind of... Do they mountain bike for the sake of mountain biking? Or is it just still a, a, you know, a, a form of transport for them? Yeah, you know, I don't see a lot of locals out there. There's a few guys that work at the hospital that are starting to get into it, and I feel like having I've been a bit of an impact on that scene. How much fun I have! I'm friends with them on the internet and stuff. And but really, you don't see a lot of locals riding mountain bikes. They have very, very, very cheap bikes that they pretty much uh, put as much stuff as they can on it, and then push the stuff. It's like a cart. So a lot of times they don't even ride their bikes. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, sir. And I know Simon, you know, chatting to Simon briefly yeah. about it uh, before. He's trying to change things a wee bit, so that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's really great. And I'm sorry, Simon, for getting your collarbone broken because that's going to be a <laughs> bit of a road bump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we'll see how he gets on. Uh, same boy, will bounce back, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about California there briefly. So have you, when you go home, have you ridden in California then? Oh, yeah. So I bought my specialized enduro there um, Mm -hmm. just about two years ago. Um, And we just rode. We just rode so much. We were there for four months, three, maybe three and a half because we were traveling around. And we just rode everywhere. You know, people say L.A. sucks for cycling, but it's so it's so good. There's mountains all over the place. And 
dad and I, we love climbing. We love the elevation. So we were just, we were just in heaven because we were just climb so much and then go down this really steep trails and, you know, all kinds of sketchy descents. Mm -hmm. We found the trails that were like Kajabi in Los Angeles. We stayed mostly on the ones that didn't have many hikers, just sort of the very primitive trails up in the hills where people don't walk very much. But we also got out into the places where people hike and saw some more groomed trails as well so i thought it was amazing i loved it there and i still do i can't wait to go back and ride again yeah cool and and do you feel do you feel you're missing anything from not being in california um that's a that's a really good question you know i have like um obviously there's more to life than biking although probably if you look at my instagram my Facebook, you know, any of my internet <laughs> presence, you'll see, oh, this guy rides his bike all day, every day. But, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm, I'm going to an American school. I'm having, I'm making really good friends and I don't feel like I'm missing out that much in America. I mean, I just, I just love the simplicity here, you know? Mm. So it's mm -hmm. really, it's really nice to not have to worry about, about myself, about my safety. You know, I, I call myself nature boy and I just run around in the, in the wilderness out, out in the forest all the time. I'm a lot of times I'm out by myself. I'm not really fearing for my safety because everyone's a, a community here. I'd say a, a lot of people know my name. A lot of people are very friendly. So it's like, I feel like not necessarily missing out. I feel like I'm gaining a lot of things here. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And that's very interesting the way you look at that because most people, not you know maybe not being known africa or not not visiting africa would think it's the other way around you'd be safer maybe in california than you would be in africa yeah you feel it the other way so yeah that's pretty awesome. yeah i mean look at all the school shootings and i mean i don't want to change the turn this yeah. to a bad note but i mean look at all the stuff that's happening in california there's a lot of bad stuff going on and you know we have yeah we had some attacks here but a lot of it's not it's not targeted at us. They're not targeting our school, you know, where I feel really, really safe and really comfortable here, safer than I do in California, actually. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's that's probably like your home now, really, isn't it? In oh, Africa, so. 100, 100%, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, let's talk, we'll talk about the Brian Kennedy thing a wee bit later, because <coughs> I want to get into that with you, but yeah. we're also doing a enduro race there, which I want to chat to you about. Uh-huh. Um, so is that something you're doing with your dad? Um, actually, this is something I've been doing with Simon. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah, so my dad is the medical director at the hospital, so he's quite busy. So with the, we get out and ride a lot, but with the planning and stuff, um, he's, got, he's got a lot of planning to do on his own with the hospital and a lot of email work and stuff. So Simon, have, Simon and I have been doing a lot of that. Mm -hmm, cool and have you raced enduro before or anything like that uh, i actually haven't you know i wanted to get up and race simon's races and they had mm -hmm. this one called vipingo ridge just a few days ago but we had you know stuff comes up simon's was during school family was coming in just a few days before simon's race so we couldn't get out there the race to the coast so yeah. i haven't raced any enduro race actually I haven't really raced in any races. I raced a couple cross-country back in California when I was like 11 years old. Yeah, okay. So it's going to be a bit of a new experience for you. Oh, yeah, especially for me, organizing a lot of that. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, is, it, is, a, it is a huge undertaking, you know, organizing an enduro race. Um, and totally. We'll, get into, well, yeah, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty a wee bit later. But firstly, I wanted to ask you, why did you want to start an enduro race? Was it just a natural progression for you, being on the bike so much, or being friends with Simon, or, or or how did that come about? Well, you know, I see like my mountain biking here. I see it. I think it's really cool for a thing for me and my dad to do. But I also see a lot of people riding mountain bikes in Nairobi around different places in East Africa, and I think, wow, not only do I want to get out and ride with them, meet them, and see their local trails, I also want them to see my trails, and I feel like what a better what is a better way for me to do that than to like get people out here to do a race? You know, it's going to be fun competition. It's, it's a good way for people to put it on their calendar a long ways in advance. And it's going to be good because I like, I like making friends, especially friends that ride bikes. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, certainly. And when you get into mountain biking at the start, did, I take it you only get into mountain biking when you move to Africa. Yeah, you know, I was just like sort of like any other five-year-old kid. You know, I learned how to ride a bike, but I I didn't really have any serious mountain biking probably till I was around seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no. sorry, it's go a, ahead. It's a bit like baptism by fire here. I mean, really, you just get thrown in sort of the deep end there's not many there's not much variation between like very easy trails and hard trails so i really i feel like i can credit my growing up here and i wouldn't say that i'm grown up yet to um (laughs) (laughs) i always make that clear i i would credit my my growing up here to my mountain bike talent because i've been really challenged on the trails especially when i was starting because there wasn't anything easier that i could go on to Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so, yeah, you're just throwing out the deep end. <laughs> you're just, yeah, exactly. Go ride your bike. There's the trail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And, um, you know, did you did you feel when you get into mountain biking a wee bit that the race side of things was something you would be interested in or something you'd be interested in organizing? Um, have you been kind of, has it been ticking on your brain for a while now to do the enduro race? You know what? I never thought I would be on the organizing side i just love riding my bike i like going really fast i thought yeah i should be racing these events but i feel like now um i just talked to simon i was like yeah i want to have an enduro race so then we just started planning it and turns out yeah i'm organizing a race i've never even raced one but (laughs) i'm i'm in charge yeah brilliant that's awesome i'm sure you're i'm sure you're pretty excited about uh Oh, I'm stoked. I'm also very thankful for Simon because he's thought of so much stuff that I haven't thought of, you know, with all of yeah. his all of his experience. It's really been helpful. Exactly, exactly. So, is this the first year it's been run, Adam? Yeah, I've I've never I've never had a race here before. I've never had any really events, so this is our first first everything pretty much. Okay, cool. And and with the help of Simon, did you think that you needed one there where you, you know, were, were, was riders or friends saying, look, you should really do a race here or, you know what I mean? Were you getting feedback from riders or anything like that? So we don't have a lot of people coming out to ride. I mean, we're trying to get more and more, but I mean, I know Simon saw the trails and you can, you can tell when Simon's happy mm-hmm. and he was definitely happy. And I saw him doing his events. So the first time, I mean, we met each other on the internet, a friend of mine said, oh, there's this bike guy who wants your phone number and i said okay you can give it to me so we just met talked on the phone and he shows up here and he's just riding and i mean we're just talking about it and then we just started texting about the race and next thing you know we're planning it so i i put on my you know my youtube videos maybe you've seen those and um i see a lot of people really liking the terrain especially some people that i know so i just thought why don't we get them out here and let's ride together Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no it, it's great and it's good you've hooked up with simon there because you do seem to have some awesome trails uh-huh you know so it'd be brilliant and, and the race will bring more attention to it and everything else so so oh, that's totally very, very good yeah uh yeah. now tell tell us a wee bit about the race it's end of january is that right uh so we had to change we had to change from our january date because of the Nile river festival i think and okay. so it's actually going to be february 24th and 25th Okay. So um, we got pushed back because there's a lot of events happening in the beginning of January, including like 10 to 4, stuff yeah. like that. Big, big races where people would say, yeah, I'm going there instead of Kajabi. I've never heard of Kajabi. So we're pushed back. I think it's 24th and 25th of February. Okay, perfect. That's grand. Uh, and again, I'll put I'll put links and stuff in the show notes so people can find that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's all good. Um, so how does it work then? Have you got uh, different entrance levels? Is it done over a couple of days? What way are you going to organize it? So it's going to be a two two day race. So I think we're going to have four or five stages the first day and four four stages the second day. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be pretty laid back. We're just going to have one one entrance probably Mm -hmm. you know everyone's going to race together and i definitely think it's going to be challenging it's going to be challenging for a lot of people yeah well looking at your trails i would say it certainly will yeah yeah definitely um so how do you know how much the entrance fee or anything like that is at at Um, this time well right now if we're looking at i haven't talked to the 
I haven't gotten really a deal on the food yet, but if we're looking at all that stuff, I'd say it's going to be around, and the hotel, it's going to be around 30 to $40 US. Right. Okay. And that's so, including the hotel. Yeah, actually, this is, um, you'll find this funny. The hotel is about $6 a night. Right. Wow. So it's, it's very nice. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not extremely nice, but it's, you know, it's pretty good. And yeah. it's just, uh, $6 per night. Right. Okay. And what facilities are there for the riders? Can you just take us through that a wee bit? Well, we're, you know, at the, um, at the guest house, we have, uh, we're going to have, uh, showers there and toilets and all kinds of stuff like that. Got some beds for the people to sleep in. And then, um, down at my house, which is just a few, it's like two minute walk from the hotel. Um, we're going to have like places to work on bikes. We're going to have some extra tires, you know, if you blow out your tire. Um, but, and then probably we're going to end both days, hopefully at a restaurant down the hill. And so we'll have food there. So I have to get some of that sorted out, but it's going to be pretty basic, but I think, I don't think it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and I suppose it's awesome to have the, the spares there, like tires and stuff, because as you said before, it's hard to get them things. Oh, so oh yeah. That's quite important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. And can anybody enter the race? Would you say it's for everybody or looking at your trails? Would you say you need to be at a certain level, a certain skill level? Oh, you definitely need to be at a certain skill level if you want to have fun. I'd say anyone can enter, but I don't think that anyone would have fun. I think that anyone who can ride a bike could come and join, and I think a lot of people will be tempted because of how low the price is and how close uh, Kijabi is to Nairobi. But I think people need to realize that, yeah, this is expert-level riding, and it's going to be challenging. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And as far as fitness goes, you've quite a lot of elevation there, don't you? Yeah, I've uh, climbed, I've climbed about nearly three hundred seventy thousand feet this year because just out of necessity, I need to get to the top of the hill so I can ride down. Yeah, yeah, for sake. And I, I know them, them sections of the of the race won't be timed as such the climbs, uh-huh. but you still need to be fit to to get up to the top. You know, you yeah. still to, you still need to get there. Um, so I suppose you would need to have a certain fitness level as well as skill level. Exactly. So I was actually talking to Simon today. Um, we're going to have at least the big two, the big 3000 foot climb is going to be shuttled. Wow. So, so that's good. Like that climb takes me about maybe an hour and a half if I'm going really fast, but it's, that's a challenging one. So I think we're going to have two, 3000 foot climbs and then we're going to shuttle those on both days, but there's going to be close to a thousand feet of climbing both days. Yeah. Wow, so it will be pretty intense. Yeah, and, and what, yeah, and what's the what's the temperature like out there? I know you you kind of get it coolish in the in the mornings and stuff, but what what yeah. will the temperature be like on average? Um, generally, probably by then it's going to be around seventy degrees Fahrenheit the the whole time. Um, yeah. hopefully we don't get rain. The thing about Kijabi, Kenya, um. You don't have many seasons. We sort of have the rainy season, then we have the dry season. Right now we're in the dry season because we're on the other side of the equator. Mm-hmm. But you just have these rain. It just comes in waves. So our last rainy season, it was just uh, probably maybe four weeks ago. It rained for about four weeks straight. So it only wow. that's like 20 hours a day for four weeks. And so I was really starting to get worried about Brian's trip, actually because it just was raining and you can't ride when it's like that when it's been raining for three days straight Mm -hmm. but thankfully thankfully about two weeks after before he got here it hasn't rained since then so it's getting pretty dry again but yeah hopefully we're going to be in the dry season by then yeah and, and your trails just you just can't ride them if they're wet can you no, a lot of stuff is in the forest. It gets and they're really hard packed down because so many people walk on it. So the water either sits on it or the water sinks in just half an inch and it's just like ice. Right. Oh, wow. It gets very slippy then. Yeah, exactly. Wow, okay. Yep. So you wouldn't want that in the enduro race definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that would be bad. Uh, yeah. So let's talk a wee bit about the organization of of the enduro. Um and I know it's it's one thing you know to to think about doing an enduro race it's another thing to 
to really organize it and get it going. Mm-hmm. So what was the first thing you guys kind of done to get the the ball rolling then? Well, you know, I, I think the most important thing for me was talking to Simon because he's done it before. So I, I just, we just started talking and he, um, we just made some posters, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of pictures of myself riding my bike and other people. So we made some posters, you know, started hyping it up and a lot of people started talking about it. So we get some attention, post the YouTube videos. And then, um, I have, I have all these trails I ride, I'd say, all of the trails on the enduro so far, I ride like at least twice a month, if not more often. Mm-hmm. So um, I have pretty much roughly all eight stages down in my head. So I've just been planning those. I think about it when I'm walking around, just when I'm riding. And um, so I don't have them. I don't have them cemented down yet, but I have like them in my head of what we're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And. Um... What about the financial aspects of the whole thing? You know, uh, what about the costs and, and licensing and, and stuff like that? Um, are you getting any help from sponsors or is there anything like that happening for you? Well, so far, I don't think we're going to have... Like, what do you mean by licensing exactly? Well, you know, I would say here, you know, if we were to put on a race, you know, you'd have to go to the local council... You uh-huh. have to get, you know, permission to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, you you would need to make sure all the boxes are ticked and 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 you're you're allowed to do the thing. You know, uh, do you have to uh-huh. go through anything like that yourselves or? Um, I don't I don't think we're gonna have to do anything like that. I think having an event like this where we're gonna be going sort of around on trails that aren't really owned by anyone, and um, it's I don't think it's gonna be huge. So it's it's a thing where it's like there's probably not much that we have to do with getting licensed, getting a big permit, because we're not going to be in one place and we're going to be a lot separated. We're going to be a lot spread out. So, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we're not going to have to actually spend much money to do the race. And so far as sponsors go, um, we're talking to some people, but. Uh, since we haven't gotten any like people saying firmly that they will sponsor, then I can't really tell you who it who it is yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If that comes about, let me know and we can put their uh-huh. details up on on yeah. the uh, on the show notes and stuff. Yeah. And hopefully that would help. You know, give them a wee bit of coverage and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So no, that's cool. And you know, I'm sure. Well. The good thing about the only good thing about Simon breaking his collarbone is he's going to have more access now to to work on the race for you because he's not going to be out in his bike. So I'm sure that helps you quite a lot. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, I'm so I'm pretty sad for him. So I didn't even yeah. think about that, but that is that is true. <laughs> so what's what's your job going to be during the event then, Adam? Do you think you'll even get a chance to race in this one? Well, you know, I've been I've been thinking about it and I've been talking to Simon about it. I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure yet. Mm-hmm. Um so I have some I have some friends that said they'll probably be able to marshal for me and stuff. So hopefully I'm going to be able to ride if uh if not compete. I think I guess this is a bit brave, but I think that I could win the event. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I don't want to go out and win in front of all of my guests and I mean, I ride these trails every day. But I do want to ride and I want to ride with these guys. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, it'll probably be a last minute decision that I make depending on where I'm needed. Yeah. Sometimes it's not great for one of the organizers to win the event. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So you talked about marshals there. That's cool. Like I know when we're running events here, uh, the marshals are all volunteers. Uh Uh-huh. So, Again, is that the same for you? And and do you have an idea of how many marshals you will you will kind of need? So um, I I've only talked to one person so far because uh, school's been out. So um, one guy told me that he can do it unless he has a basketball game. Then so um, but okay. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be all volunteer. I won't I won't have any money to pay these guys, but they're my friends and they're gonna they're gonna be happy to help out. It seems like. So that's that's good. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That's cool. Yeah, because the marshals are. I I know in some of the events, you know, we would have here that 
uh, because riders are focused so much on going fast mm-hmm. and getting good times, it's quite easy to lose where you're going or get off the trail. Oh, yeah. Um, it can happen quite a lot. So, you know, a lot of marshals are quite important. And uh, uh-huh. just to, just to, just areas where it can go wrong to direct riders in the right uh-huh. direction. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm sure you're thinking about that and all, and you've planned maybe the routes that way. But you were talking about the preparation there that goes into the trails and you kind of know uh, what trails you're going to use. And will they be taped off or anything like that? Or is it just, you know, going to be follow the leader kind of thing? Or, or how how do you think people will know where to go and, and what trails to access and things? So I'm not 100% sure on that. I really... I mean, I love long downhills. I'm sure all of us do. And I want to put that in the race. I want to have 10-minute stages. So that's mm-hmm. that's going to be hard because we don't have any 10-minute trails. So there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of things that I have to do. Maybe marking stuff. I've heard from Simon. You put up stakes and stuff. They get they get taken by people because wood is actually a precious commodity out here. So. Wow, okay. um, I can't leave like flags up. I'll have to and tape that'll get taken down. So I'll have to find a way to mark it, probably with spray painted rocks or something. Because there's on some of the stages, yeah, there are a lot of turns that things can go wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, it's always it's always a difficult thing. Thing I would I would think you know, um, <clears throat> and your trails being so technical, you know, you, the guys are going to be concentrating so much. Oh yeah, on. they just want to focus on riding, of course. Yeah, and they don't want to be thinking, "Am I lost? Am I going in the wrong direction?" <laughs> kind of uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you'll get it sorted, I'm sure. Simon's got loads of experience, as you yeah. know, so I'm I'm sure you'll get it sorted. Totally. That's grand, and I hope you do get help for. It. I hope some of your friends come out, and I'm sure Simon is some people that can help yeah. as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's awesome, and. You know, it's a great thing for the community, and, and I'm sure you feel that yourself, that, you know, if you can get the community in the areas where you're running the enduro behind you, you know, them guys will come out and help. And, uh-huh. Maybe, yeah. You know, get involved. So, yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool yeah, to that, get the local that would guys. be good. I, I hope we can do something like that. Yeah. So, how much time have you put into this, Adam? How, how much of your spare time have you spent you know, getting this thing organized? Because I know it takes quite a while to organize something like this. So so how long have you been thinking about this or how long have you and Simon been planning this so far? Um, I'm not sure on the exact date when we started talking about it, but it's been, it's been some time. And from the time that we said, yeah, let's do a race here, it would be, it's completely possible we have so many trails. Then to actually planning it, um, we haven't done a lot of the planning yet as of, what is it december 20th so we're we're getting into the we're really getting into the time where we need to start talking to people and i found here if you're playing if you're playing the long game and talking about things a lot in the future like with sponsorships things like that it might not work as well so now that we're getting down i mean we're still two months out but now that we're getting down to time like that this is when we start talking to people and um I've been planning the route for a long time and it's even changed. I found a new trail that I'm going to put in today. So a lot, we've been doing a lot of thinking, but we haven't been doing a lot of things where you could write down on paper. Like, yes, I've spent hours doing this, you know, so that's, that's all coming in the next month. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Certainly. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Simon has the experience behind him to do that, and and you will make an awesome team, I think. To be honest, That'll yeah, be I think good. so. Yeah, so you may, and you know, do you think in the future you'll maybe continue with with the Kanjabi race and maybe go a wee bit further and do do something else? Like, do you think you're going to enjoy it? Um, I think that if all goes well and that there's not a big there's not like a bunch of stuff that happens to go wrong. I think definitely we'll go for it again. And I think, um, I'll try to become, I'll try to get more people involved, see how big we can make it because I think it'd just be awesome. I think a lot of people would enjoy what we have to offer out here. And I think it would be cool. Even if we could get people saying, yeah, give me your number. I want to come back out. And I'm totally fine with that. I love showing people around. I loved showing Brian around because it was like, yeah, I got to ride with some someone for five days we became good friends mm-hmm. yeah no I, I think it has that because i know in south africa and you'll know this better than me but <clears throat> i know in south africa mountain biking is very popular uh-huh and do you feel that 
in East Africa, that's just starting to to gather speed now, and things are, are getting are getting more popular there as far as mountain biking goes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like starting. I don't think right now that it's uh, it's a known destination. You know, I've people since since they've been seeing the um, the Brian Kennedy videos, people have been texting me on Instagram, like probably like five in the last day, saying, "Yeah, I came out on a mission to." Kenya last year I'm coming next year can I bring my bike like a lot of people are realizing that this is a destination and saying yeah I need to get out there so um I think we have to we have to turn it into a destination we need to get people to realize and I see a lot of people saying oh I came out to Kenya and I left my bike in America because I didn't think that there'd be any riding you know what if there's trails everywhere you can find them if you look and it's much easier to find them here than it is in some places. Yeah. And, you know, looking at your videos with Brian there, um, the trails all look pretty, you know, or, or the ones I was watching anyway, looked pretty um, well hidden as such. So how did you guys go about, you and your father, go about finding the trails? Well, so we see a lot of stuff like, um, I feel like the a lot of the stuff that we rode through, especially on the first day, it's all well hidden, but it's not um, it's not hard to see because people go on it, and you can see a lot of this stuff from Google Earth. So a lot of the stuff we're riding through is brush, not more than seven feet tall. You can still see a prominent trail a lot of times. And a lot of times it's like we're riding down a bigger trail, and we see one off to the side, and we say, yeah, we have an extra hour. Let's go check it out. And some of those trails become ones that we ride every day. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite trail, actually, it's called Rock Pile. Um, it goes down like maybe 2,000 feet, less, a little less than 2,000 feet and about a mile. Um, so it's very uh-huh. steep. Um, it, it's, it opens up once you go through this brush, but you really have to slam into this brush for like five feet. So I don't know. I don't even remember how we found that. You just stumble across it. You stop and you look over and you say, oh, there's a trail right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very. I'm sure the first time you go down some of the trails, your your nerves are, are an end because you just don't know what's what's behind a, a corner or something, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, we're always fearing the blind corners, even if we know them. You know, like could there be big rock slide? Could there be a donkey standing there? Are there people? So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so let's talk a wee bit about Brian Kennedy there and uh, his YouTube channel, BKXC, because he's very big on YouTube, as as we know. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot, he's got a lot of followers. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a wee bit about that and, and how that came about? Because I know you were talking to Brian for quite a while regarding uh-huh. his visit. Can you tell us a wee bit about that? So I'm sure everyone knows Seth Bike Hacks. He has about, mm-hmm. I think he has like 500K, so that's five times more than Brian has right now on YouTube. I saw him probably three, I've been following Seth for more than three years, so I just see his videos are like fun, you know, they get they get a lot of views, and so that popped up on my YouTube, and I've just been following him, and ever since they went on that trip to Utah, was that a, a, just a little over a year ago, um, I've been... I've been following Brian Kennedy and also Alexander, the single track sampler. So I, mm-hmm. I sent Brian a message and I said like, yeah, you should get out to Kajabi, Kenya. You'd love it. And he said like the first time he commented back, he's like, ha ha. Yeah. And then the second time he said, send me a email at this email address and we'll see if we can make it happen. So we were talking, we got a good date. And then, uh, I realized that that was going to be the rainy season. And so he couldn't come last year. And actually, so that rainy season didn't come until mm-hmm. five weeks ago when it rained for four weeks straight. So uh, he could have come back then, but I mean, we we're definitely more ready for him this time. And I think I think it was so cool. You know, we started following me on Instagram, seeing my stuff, and he just kept getting more excited. You see on his on his videos, he says like, "Yeah, he came because he saw my all my playing around on my bike and all mm-hmm. those tricks and." I mean, I thought that was funny because I didn't really think that was a reason that he was coming. But um, <laughs> I guess you can see you can see talent not only on the trail but also on like in the parking lot or wherever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well, I think the way Brian probably looks at it is if he can if he sees somebody with 
a high level of skill, then there's a high level of trails behind that, you know? Exactly. That's what he said in a Patreon video that he put out yesterday. I signed up for Patreon because I wanted to see 45-minute videos of myself. Um, so he actually, he said that he doesn't, you'll, you'll see this in a few, maybe in a week or so, but he said it, he doesn't think that there's any rider in the history of mountain biking that has been able to do all kinds of these crazy tricks and manuals and rides on crappy trails because really I do my tricks and stuff to progress my riding. And I think a lot of people do. Yeah, no, and you can see that in the videos. Very, uh-huh. very good, very yeah. good. So, um, normally when Brian goes out to areas like that, you know, he's going to an established kind of adventure, you know, company or setup or something like that. Oh yeah. But th- this is something that you and your father don't do as such. Uh-uh. You know, you don't you don't do these adventure holidays and things like that. Um, is that something you think you may want to do in the future, especially with that area and you knowing the area so well? Yeah, you know, I've been, I mean, we've been talking about it. I started talking about it just a few days before Brian came and I started thinking about it. I don't know what I'm going to do after high school. Am I going to go straight to college? Am I going to take a gap year? What if I took a gap year and started showing people around for for a little business? But I think that, and also Brian said this, we both think that there's big potential for Kajabi to become a good mountain biking destination with mm-hmm. being only an hour and a half away from the airport and having good trails, good accommodations. So it's just a thing of like, yeah, do I want to go after this and will, will people come or will I have to invest so much time that it's not going to be worth it for me and I should go back and go to school and get a job. So I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think you have, uh, and again, chatting to Simon about it a wee bit, I think you have a good opportunity there. Yeah, I think um, so. You know, and I'm not really 100% sure, but I'm, I would I would think that South Africa is maybe not as poor as East Africa. Am I right in saying that? Not as what? Not as poor. You know, would there be more... Would people have more expendable income in South Africa than they would have in East Africa? Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to do something in East Africa like that. Get a wee bit more tourism in there. Yeah, it know, would. Off it the is. Back of mountain biking is cool. No, you guys have a good. I, I think you have a good opportunity there. I think it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it would be it would be lovely to see. And the beautiful thing about it is, I think anyway. And this is me just thinking of being a tourist. Is it's quite cheap there. Uh huh. You know, so okay for me coming from Ireland, it would be expensive to get there. But yeah. once you're there, once you're there, it's it's cheap. You know. Yeah. The most expensive thing that you'll spend if you're just coming on a mountain biking holiday is you'll spend the $60 taxi from the airport and you'll spend the $60 taxi back. But, I mean, we had we had lunch every day for uh, less than a ten dollars with our whole mm-hmm. our whole bill. And one time one time it was 300, 300 shillings, which is about three dollars. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's and the I already said you know the hotel it's six dollars a night. So it's all it's a really good opportunity for that. It doesn't it's not going to be an extremely expensive thing. Yeah, and it's, it's great I think too that you know you wouldn't be building hotels yourselves and stuff you'd be using local you yeah. know, local hotels and, uh-huh. and local local eateries and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah be a great thing to see it really would yeah so be brilliant so i don't i mean i know you just did that podcast with ben jones i didn't listen to it yet but um mm-hmm. i know like he does his mountain bike adventure i saw that from brian kennedy and places like that where you go out to spain or places in europe i looked up those those are like a thousand dollars and if you think if you think of it just about anywhere you're coming from um you're coming from it's going to be from 500 to a thousand dollars to get there so you're looking at two thousand five hundred dollars per person and that's pretty that's pretty expensive but where i feel like i could have my adventure my holiday be a lot less expensive if i ended up doing something like that yeah and you know the two holidays would be very different i think and i know definitely yeah i know what ben offers is 
very very top notch uh-huh you know uh his trails are amazing uh-huh it, the the group of guys he has there are amazing you know he puts a lot oh, of yeah. into it uh, uh-huh. and what he what he supplies is you know is five star it's uh-huh. it awesome but your stuff would be very different you know it would be really really good yeah totally um yeah you know so yeah i would love to see something like that happening in east africa i think with mm-hmm. With all Simon's work and your work and and the work Becky puts in and stuff, <coughs> Becky Summers, you know, I, I think you could definitely get something rocking and rolling there. I think so. We'll see. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. So when you were chatting to Brian, you were chatting to Brian for over a year before he came. Is that true? Yeah, we've been talking on email, on Instagram messages. All we've been talking all over the internet. Mm-hmm. We've been connected. Awesome. We've been connected for over a year. And and how did how did Brian enjoy his trip? Um, so I think he really enjoyed it, and I mean you can ask him. I I watched his uh, his video that he posted on Patreon just yesterday, and he I didn't hear him saying this, but he said like there was no place that he'd rather be at that point. He was he was so excited about the riding that we'd done, especially the one the day that we did uh, that that day, and he. He seemed really. He seemed to really enjoy it, and I think we we did a good job hosting him as well. So I think I think he would come back, and I think actually, um, when we go back to California, we're gonna get together and we're gonna show him some of our trails in Los Angeles as well. So it's not like he was uh, in a hurry to in a hurry to get on the taxi and leave. I think he was. I think we made a lifelong friendship, and I think he really enjoyed it. Cool. And and how is Brian as as a person? Did you get on well with him? Is is he an easy fella to to get on with? Oh, he's a, he's a great guy. I guess it's sort of his job, you know, to get along with people as his guide. Because mm. if you don't have good good chemistry with your guide, I mean, imagine if we weren't getting along, and I still have to show, I have to give him five days of videos, you know, at least. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was I thought it was great. And he was really easygoing guy, you know. You saw that video where he crashed twice in the, like ten minutes, and that <laughs> the first the first one, I think that was like, yeah, I think he could have ridden that. But it was, I take full responsibility for the second crash. I definitely should have told him that was coming up, and like I realized that sort of was my job as the guide. I've never really guided people. I usually ride mm-hmm. ride in front, but I don't show people the way because we're all, you know, we all know the trails. But yeah. after that, we sort of we sort of started acting more as a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it looked a pretty, it looked a pretty nasty crash. That, it was huge. I saw it. <laughs> that's oh dear. That's nearly a five foot drop. So wow. I was actually thankful. I came by. A, it was the day before he arrived. I we rode that trail to clear a fallen tree because there was a big tree. So we actually. We didn't have a saw with us. We cut it with a fixed blade knife that was like six inches long and a Swiss Army knife saw. So that took Jeez. it took some time. But um, we got there and someone had put a bunch of rocks to use as steps to get up that drop off. And I moved them because I almost hit them when I was riding down. And I said, yeah, if, if Brian tries to ride down this and it's his first time and he doesn't see those, he'll crash and do it. So I moved all those big rocks out of the way. And I was really thankful the next next day when I took him down that uh, that I had moved those. So it was it was an okay landing, but he was definitely shaken after that. Yeah, I I am sure, and you know it's funny because I watched it, and then all I could think with the footage afterwards was if that was me, I would be uh-huh. super scared about yeah. corners I can't see or yeah. drops I can't see. I would be really panicky, and I'm sure it knocked his confidence. Yeah, but here yeah. he's, he's a, he gets on with it, doesn't he? Yeah, you know I. I uh, we talked a little bit and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna. That's not gonna happen again. So it was sort of like um, the first day was sort of getting his bearings, you know, getting used to his bike and everything, and like just getting used to all of our all the stuff when you're just starting to ride. You know, you don't go all out. And then we'd been riding for about two and a half hours by then, and we'd been doing a lot of climbing. And he was like, you know, he was feeling he was feeling good. So we started we started going. We were going quite fast. I was I was getting pretty excited. That's why I sort of lost concentration on my job as guide and so we're going he was right on my tail and i saw the drop off and i just shouted there's a drop off right here just as i was going off it and i turned around and he just falls over the handlebars there but you know he did it he did a really good job coming back and i mean thankfully we only had two more trails to go down we only had like 10 minutes more of descending but he he did a great job yeah and, and is that is that drop landing onto the flat is it 
it's 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 pretty flat yeah if you yeah, if you well, land very if you go very slow you can land your back wheel on a slope but no that's pretty that's like four and a half foot drop to flat yeah well that would be sore on bike and bones oh yeah <laughs> Brilliant. Um, was there any other funny stories from Brian's visit that you can think of? Anything that that you were giggling about? Yeah. So um, we had like we had a we had a great time the whole whole time. On I think it was the third day we were riding uh, we were driving our car over to a town called Naivasha. It's about a two hour drive where we were riding in a park. It's called Hell's Gate National Park. We wanted to show them some animals. And so for us, we have a minivan. We wanted to put three bikes in the car because our bike rack broke one time when we were driving down the road. So now we're kind of scared of using it. So we fit all the three bikes in the car and I was sitting in the back and the bikes, two bikes kept falling onto me. So I just took a seat belt and I wrapped it around them. And we got into Naivasha to the parking lot wherever we were stopping. And I tried to release the seatbelt. And you know how they get locked whenever you have the brake mm-hmm. to stop the accident? It was completely yeah. locked. And we tried everything. We tried driving around with it and pulling it out, everything. It wouldn't come out. And so I was I was trying to find to see if we had the right socket wrench to open the thing. So we ended up, we had to take off my dad's handlebars and pull the bike out because we, could, <laughs> we couldn't free it from the seatbelt. So that was a funny thing. That took like extra 20 minutes but that was just like could have happened to anyone but why did it happen this time and it's just so funny uh-huh. yeah yeah and i'm sure brian took it all all as, as in good and yeah. good form you know yeah so um then on the last day i just uh um i guess the last day like we we just wanted to keep riding we ended up riding nearly 30 miles that day because we got up to the hill we rode down and then I was like, well, this is pretty much the end of the ride, and it was it was about 12, so it was time for lunch, and I said, oh, we'll just continue riding into the valley and eat lunch there, so we we kept riding, and I just thought it was, I thought it was really cool, like, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take another thousand foot feet of climbing after this, these painful so far five days, and that was like, I thought it was funny, because I'm so spontaneous, and I just... A lot of times I say, oh, I'm going to go out for a big ride tomorrow, and then I end up riding five miles. Or sometimes I say, I'm mm-hmm. going to go ride five miles, and I'm wearing my long sleeve shirt and have a very small water bottle, and I come back four hours later mm-hmm. after like after a very long ride. So it's I just thought it was funny how he really got on with that. But other than those two things, like, yeah, I think we... It went it went very well. I was really happy with how it went, and I feel like there. I feel like yeah, if he came back again, we'd um, we'd be able to do some things better. But also, um, also like we did we did a really good job. I think if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. The videos are the videos are very good anyway, you know. So um, you seem to have had a, a, a really good time there. And I think uh-huh. <clears throat> I think to be honest, Brian just likes riding so much. And if the people he's riding with are the same level or a better level than himself, I think that just stokes him even more. And I think yeah. that comes across in his videos, you know. And the one thing that struck me as well was Brian's a very good climber, um, but he was walking sections of your stuff. So it must be super steep oh, for a lot of your climbs. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that you have to think about. So we've got really really steep stuff, and um, so that's that's one variable. And also, um, it's so you know, Dad and I are used to it. So we it looked like you know we're so much better than him, but we know where to give it the gas and where to slow down and all that stuff because. Mm-hmm. This is our this is our local trails. This is where we ride every day. But um, it's so steep. And I also I also noticed um, Brian. Uh, he did he did pretty good, but he got he got tired because of the elevation. We're at seven thousand five hundred feet here mm. above sea level. You know, um, since he'd spent so much time traveling this year, I doubt he's fairly acclimated to California. But a lot of places in California is. Uh, less where he lives i think it's less than two thousand feet above sea level so it was a big it's a big difference and that yeah that definitely played in because i i basically said yeah this is going to be hard because i want to take you to all our best trails but i mean we're not going to get there without serious climbing i think we climbed nearly ten thousand feet mm-hmm. so it was a big wow. deal wow 
<clears throat> yeah, and you know he, he stepped off the plane, and you know, and then he was out riding the next day. It's, it's you know, it's pretty full on. He done really yeah. well. Yeah, he he did a good job. I was impressed because I I took him on rides. A lot of the rides um, are rides that I go on when I say, yeah, I need to go out for hours and I need to be tired when I get home. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way you get you get your riding. If you're not at a bike park and you're not shuttling or something, you have to earn your turns. You have to climb it. So that's that's what we mm-hmm. did. And I thought it was impressive that he he held up very well. Very good, awesome, awesome. So, Adam, what's what have you got set up in the future? I, I know there's lots happening for you. You have lots of decisions to make um, uh-huh. and stuff like that. But, but I suppose tell us how people can get or know more about the Kanjabi Enduro race. Where can they go to find out about that? So, I need to when I get home, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go set up the Facebook event. But um, I think the best. The best place to find me on the internet because I have like pretty private Facebook. You can find me on my Instagram. It's called Adam.a.boss. So I made it when I was in like when I was like 11 years old or something, and I didn't want to change the name. But <laughs> um, you can you can find it there. I'm gonna definitely be putting information up there. And uh, um, if you have any, if anyone has any questions, I love answering questions. I'll if you send me a message, I'll write back if it's not stupid. So. And um, for now, if people want to get out, come out here and ride, but they can't make the enduro at this point, I said this to Brian as well. If someone wants to come and ride with me, they can ride with me. I'll give you an adventure like I gave Brian. You know, if 500 people mm-hmm. say that, then yeah, we're going to turn it into a business. But if two people say they want to come out, then I think it's it's just cool for me. I love riding with people. I like meeting new people. So that's a that's a thing where like, yeah, if you get on it right now, you can come and ride. You can come and ride with me for free i mean not exactly free yeah. but get the yeah. point yeah yeah no that would be awesome well here adam it's been awesome chatting to you and uh i think for a 16 year old your head screwed on oh thank but, you uh, yeah yeah you like and you're awesome in the bike <laughs> mm-hmm. you know you've got a lot going on there so it's pretty awesome huh thanks i appreciate that yeah, and uh, you know your dad. Uh, your dad's obviously made the the right move to go out there and stuff, and it's worked out for you. And um, yeah, yeah, you know it's going to be exciting for you. Uh huh. I'm so thankful that I'm so thankful that we're here in Kenya. And I uh, I can't imagine living anywhere else at this point. Like I'm just I'm so happy here, and I'm really thankful for the opportunities it's given me. You know, I've I've met a lot of people like Simon. You know, we we're we're sort of a community of mountain bikers here because there's not that many. So we know a lot of people and it's, it's good to become friends with people like that because we can do things together. So we can do mm-hmm. events, you know, we can turn Kenya and East Africa into a mountain biking destination. And I think that's really cool. I, yeah, I just want to share the love really. I just want to show, I just have so much fun out here and I want more people to see that and we can develop some stuff. That's great. But if people can come and see that, that's I think that's the coolest thing. Yeah, and I think if you take it from that angle, uh, you know, just off the back of you do it because you enjoy it, uh-huh. then things will be more successful. You know, totally. if you do it to chase the money or the fame or whatever, then uh-huh. things can very very easily fall apart. Yeah, but you're doing it for all the right reasons, so it seems awesome. Thank you. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been awesome to chat with you and uh just off the back of brian's visit and all it's, it's been timed really well so um you know i hope everything goes really well with the enduro for you uh thank you, you. good turnout and and you get it all planned and it's not too stressful for you yeah it should be good um, yeah and um just say uh say hello to simon for for me will you and just yeah wish him all my best yeah with his, his injury recovery and stuff i hope that goes well yeah i think he's um, i think he's like i think he's resting at our house right now yeah okay so i'll not i'll I'll let you get back to him you can uh-huh. be you can be servant for a few days uh-huh. <laughs> yeah all right adam that's awesome thanks very much yeah thank you speak to you later i'll speak to you later too thank you adam so much for being on the show i really appreciate you coming on and it uh was, it was a great chat to have with you and i know we've had conversations since then and things are going really well and the enduro looks like it's doing really well so awesome job mate and for your first enduro obviously you're getting the help of simon there simon blake who is the director of 
um, cycling um, development in Africa. So well done. But yes, guys, awesome team. Well done. And um, I hope you enjoyed the show. So thanks so much. If you want to find out more information on Adam and his Kanjabi Enduro, just go to the show notes at mtb-tribe.com and all the links are there to whatever he has happening over the weekend, to his links on YouTube, etc, etc. And there's also a link there to the Brian Kennedy, one of the videos that he filmed while he was with Adam. So all the info's on there, just visit the, the show notes and you will get easy access to all those links. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate it on iTunes and on Stitcher. If that's the way you go, you'll find us there. You can also go directly to the website, mtb-tribe.com, and listen and download the show from there. It's all free, and um, it's, it's just there for your enjoyment and your entertainment, so you don't have to pay anything. Now, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so. Uh, you will get show notes sent to you directly to your inbox, and I won't bombard you with emails and stuff like that through the week that just won't happen but there is a wee bit more going to happen there if you are a subscriber so please stay tuned i'm trying my best in my spare time to uh, sort that out and get that get that rolling for you so that would be awesome if you want to get in contact with the show or get in contact with me there is a contact page there where you can uh, just pop in a question if you know for instance if you'd like to hear from anybody on the show or if you'd like certain topics covered or certain questions answered just pop it in the comments box there and I will get back to you. I do read them all and I would appreciate that because I want you guys to get involved. I want this to be your show as well as me just chatting here. But, you know, it's for your enjoyment. It's for your, it's the information there for you. So please get involved. I do appreciate that. So thanks so much, guys, for being here and listening to the show. And um, I will chat to you next week with another exciting guest. Thanks, guys. Bye.